I shall begin the State of the University Address. Well, what a year it has been. Um, whenever This is an experience I very often have at Signum. When I think back to a year ago and where things were a year ago, and I'm like, holy cow, it's amazing to think about everything that's happened uh, at Signum in the last year. I mean, a year ago now, we had only just barely launched our Signum Path program. Um, Signum Academy Clubs, we hadn't even thought of it yet. <laughs> it's like we it wasn't even a glimmer in our eye at this point. It was close. It was going to start glimmering a couple weeks from a year ago today. Um, but um, uh, but it's uh, it, it was I mean you know like in the years since then that program was conceived and launched. Um, and, uh, you know, financially, we had an amazing year. And let me just start with that. Uh, I want to, you know, that seems a, um, um, uh, that seems a really um, good place to start, an appropriate place to start at the end of our fundraising campaign. So let me show you some fun numbers uh, from Signum's financial year in review. Um, this is a, a, a chart of our total revenue graph of our total revenue over the last three years and then our projections for this year. Uh, and as you can see, we've been growing by leaps and bounds over the course of the, the last few years um, because uh, this is largely, you know, this is due in part to some internal growth. We did have some really excellent growth uh, in our graduate program. Um, during the pandemic, we got a pretty big bump uh, during the pandemic. Interestingly, um, We've gotten some new students, uh, you know, like completely new students during the pandemic, but that's actually not uh, where the majority of our new enrollment has come from. The majority of our new enrollment has come from the fact that since the pandemic began, the average number of courses that our students are taking at a time has increased dramatically, right? So it's uh, it was less about, you know, tons of new people finding us and more about people being stuck in their houses and having more time uh, to do stuff like take Signum courses. Uh, so uh, anyway, that was, um, um, uh, that was really, that was really fun. Um, uh, so, and of course we've been, you know, adding new programs and diversifying things. And that also has a big impact uh, on things. But here's another thing that had a big impact that uh, made uh, a big, uh, that made a, con a significant contribution to our jump uh, in revenue. And that was our jump in fundraising. Uh, this is our annual fund over the last three years. Um, we uh, did just shy of, we raised just shy of $64,000 in fiscal year 20. That is the fiscal year that ended in August of 2020. But last year, uh, the fiscal year that just ended, uh, you know, July 31st of, of this year in 2021, um, we raised $88,170. It's uh, uh, a huge jump uh, from last year. Just, just enormous. Um, and as you can see, we're doing really, really well. So the, the dark blue is how much we've raised so far um, in our, for our annual fund for this year. Our goal is $100,000. The what would have felt 
you know, years back, um, an absurd goal <laughs> to shoot for. But after we hit 88,000 last year, uh, I was confident that we could do it. And we are well ahead of our fundraising for last year. We've raised $73,036 in gifts and pledges. And that's only like through from August 1st to now. Um, uh, that's, of course, counting those of you who have monthly donations in place. That's you know, sort of counting the, uh, the rest of the monthly donations that are scheduled to come during the annual fund. That's what I mean when I say gifts and pledges. Um, but, um, but anyway, yeah, we're only $27,000 short of our $100,000 goal. And as I say, we are well ahead uh, of where we were uh, last year this time. We're almost $10,000 ahead of where the annual fund level was at this time last year. So um, that is um, uh, pretty amazing. And so, you know, a question, and I talked about this some at the beginning of, uh, when I, at the session I did at the very beginning, uh, of our fundraising campaign, uh, w which was uh, at the start of our very first, um, nature and middle earth class, uh, on Wednesday night in the Mythgard Academy. Um, but it bears repeating, uh, because it's the answer to the question. So what do we do with this money anyway? Right. What, like we got $88,000 last year. Where does that go exactly? And the answer is it goes goes to people. All of it goes to pay people. Um, Signum University has, we, we do what we do, that is provide excellent, high quality, high student faculty contact uh, education um, by, and, and and lowering our costs, right? The approach of a lot of universities is to try to lower their costs by putting into place a kind of a mechanized online education, right? That students can go through, which is great. It's convenient. They can go through it at their own pace. But of course, it also conveniently uh, doesn't cost, uh, the, you know, the, the universities uh, anything, and, or very little anyway. Um, and yet, of course, they char usually charge their full, very, very high tuition for it. Um, we not only don't do that, we not only don't charge the ridiculous, uh, the ridiculously large tuition fees that most universities charge, um, but we charge as little as we do. We charge a fraction of what most universities do without reducing uh, the kind of personal contact uh, and personal attention uh, that you get. Uh, in fact, we have at least as much, uh, even more than some in-person uh, universities can do. Um, and so what this means is that the majority of our expenses, vast majority, like 90% of our total costs and expenses at the university are people. Um, and that is what I have been focused in pouring more money into. From the beginning, Signum has always paid its faculty members. We've always done that. Our faculty have been paid uh, from day one, but we've had a lot of people who have volunteered as staff. And this has kind of grown over the year. There have been, uh, over the years, there have been many people who have loved the vision of Signum University and wanted to see it succeed and make it happen. So they started helping in various ways and have continued to help. Uh, and our, you know, and many of us uh, have been, you know, working towards the day uh, when we can be fully paid, when, when this can really become the future career for many people, uh, you know, a, a, a sustainable long term um, and comfortable income for folks. And that has been my main goal over the last couple of years. It's been the number one thing that I've been focusing on behind the scenes uh, is 
transitioning into a fully paid staff. We, we, uh, let me, and let me show you what that has looked like. Um, as you can see, a couple years ago, uh, fiscal year 19 and fiscal year 20, um, that was fairly typical for many years. That's what we, we had allocated. We were only able to allocate. We only had about four, between 41 and $42,000 a year to allocate to staff. That's like all of our non-MA faculty pay. Like the, uh, the, the, again, we've always paid the MA faculty, um, but um, uh, that was what we had like for everybody. Um, and last year, Last year's fiscal year, we jumped from $41,000 to $132,000 we paid to staff. It was, as you could say, I mean, we'd like tripled, more than tripled uh, the total amount that we paid uh, to non-MA faculty while still continuing to pay our MA faculty uh, at the same levels that we had been. Um, that was a huge step forward. And as you can see, according to our budget for this year, we're going to increase again very significantly. And this... This is where your money goes. And it is such a wonderful thing. I just can't even tell you. Um, it is it is quite literally my favorite part of being the president of Signum University. To me, the greatest reward of um, becoming an administrator, right, of, uh, of, of running a school instead of just teaching. Um, the greatest reward has been hiring folks. There's just like, it's just nothing beats hiring people, you know, being able to, uh, because it's just this, like, uh, it's this amazing win-win situation, right? Where you find really good people who do such good work and are such a, uh, su such a blessing to the institution. Um, and you get to give them money, right? And be a blessing to them and their family. Uh, and so all of the money that you guys give in donations enables us to pay more people. Um, every dollar that we get, uh, we are giving out in salary um, to uh, to our staff, uh, to the faculty of our new programs and everything. And we're still continuing to pay. In fact, this year, we've actually increased the pay uh, to our MA faculty. While also... Uh, planning uh, to increase uh, our pay to the rest of our staff as well. So the donations that you make um, are like a double blessing uh, to Signum, both a direct and an indirect blessing. It's a direct blessing in the sense that it gives us more resources to be able to hire more folks, to be able to do more things, which is just, there's so many places around Signum, as you can well imagine, I'm sure, um, where we are, uh, you know, kind of scrambling around, like trying to, you know, with a bunch of people trying to cover a whole bunch of different things. We're a startup organization, right? So you can imagine how that goes, like one person wearing 18 hats. And I don't even know, I, I stopped counting the number of different roles I play uh, in the institution, for instance, and there are several folks like that. Um, but, uh, but anyway, the, um, uh, the, the, the point is, it is such an, an, a, a wonderful blessing to our operations to be able to have more money that we can use to hire people uh, and to pay folks and, and to make those jobs easier. Uh, it's a wonderful enrichment of our programs to be able to support them more strongly and more reliably. But at the same time, right, while we're doing that, um, we're also, it's also an indirect blessing, right? Being able to, uh, being able to, uh, pay that money out to people to the 
deserving people, many of whom have been sacrificing to uh, to help Signum. It's um, um, it's a it's a big deal. It's a really big deal. So um, I am uh, so grateful to everyone who has donated uh, and just wanted to kind of share with you financially a little bit uh, some of the uh, the great, great things that you guys are making possible um, as Signum continues to build and to grow. Um, but let us uh, do some updates because um, there's a whole bunch of things going on. So the first thing that I wanted to update you guys about is our uh, authorization and accreditation process. So this was a big year we accomplished. We checked off one of our... So we had three major things that we have to do, that we had to do, we have to do in order to uh, have Signum completely and utterly established uh, uh, in, you know, the eyes of all of the authorities. Um, the first was to achieve approval from the state of New Hampshire's Higher Education Commission, um, be reviewed by them and have our program approved by them. And that we accomplished several years ago. You guys may remember uh, the celebration that we had a couple years ago when that came through. That was a big deal. This past year, the uh, one of our big accomplishments was achieving New Hampshire legislative authorization. Uh, we had to get a bill passed through the state legislature of the state of New Hampshire, um, awarding, you know, official sort of state sanction to uh, Signum University by name. So Signum University is now officially written into the laws of the state of New Hampshire. That was a... Um, uh, process, right? That involved politics, of course. So it was its own thing, right? Uh, but that process was completed. And you may remember relatively recently uh, in July uh, when our bill was finally signed into law by the governor of New Hampshire. And I have right here the pen, <laughs> the gubernatorial pen that was used to sign Signum's bill into law. Uh, here in the drawer next to me. Um, so that was a lot of fun. And of course, the next step is institutional accreditation. Um, and in that process, we have now been involved for a little over a year, um, about 14 months uh, since we began that process. Um, we are two stages into that. It's a long process. We're two stages into that process. It has been an enormous amount of work. We just recently, like two weeks ago, um, submitted the next sort of uh, big chunk of things for them to review. Um, you know, the full, essentially, like, you know, profile and details and information about Signum that we submit to them for them to review. Um, 334 separate documents, um, not, not, not pages, <laughs> documents uh, that we sent to them. Um, and um, it's... Um, uh, it's, it's been, it's been a massive amount of work. So that's still ongoing. That process is still ongoing. And of course we don't have a whole lot of control, uh, over the timing, uh, of that. So I cannot tell you exactly when the accreditation process will be completed, nor of course, can I give any guarantees about the outcome of that process. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen, but, uh, we do, know uh, that that process is well underway and we've been working very, very hard on that. Uh, so that uh, obviously, as soon as there is news to share, we shall certainly share it uh, when that comes down. But it, it's going to be a while yet. We are, um, we are um, 
something like um, the middle <laughs> of of that process. Um, but it's a it's a huge deal, and one of the biggest things that's going on uh, behind the scenes uh, here at Signum. Um, our graduate school, of course, the Signum Graduate School, our MA program is our flagship program, which has been from the beginning, that was Signum University right from the very beginning. And our MA program is really thriving. Um, as I've mentioned, we're doing, we've been doing really great. In fact, this fall semester that we're currently in the middle of, or well, in the second half of now, actually, um, uh, we have uh, we set a, a all time record uh, for course registration for this fall. We've got more more students registered uh, in the MA program this fall than we've ever had registered in a single semester before. Uh, so our MA program is going really really well, very strong. Uh, uh, we love our students and our faculty, and that program just continues to be. A delight. And now we also have many of you will have uh, will know about or have heard about our certificate program. We launched our certificate program in 2016, so it's been around for quite a while now. Um, you know, we've been running our certificate program for five years, and the idea of the certificate program was to create an option for people who wanted to take credit courses with us, but weren't sure they wanted to go all the way through the master's program, and in particular, weren't sure. And the the master's thesis, which is the the you know the capstone of the of the MA program. Program. It's 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 a lot of work. It's 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 a significant scholarly project, and there were a bunch of our students who, because uh, were really enthusiastic about digging in and working and doing the classes, but weren't sure that that was really sort of for them what they wanted to do. So we started the certificate program in order to provide students with that option. And we've had the certificate, um, you know, with um, specialization in our different concentrations, Tolkien studies, imaginative lit, uh, classical, medieval and Renaissance literature, and of course, Germanic philology. Um, but I want to, I am, I am here to announce today that we are making a significant change. Well, we're not changing the program itself all that much, but it's a significant change. We're going to change the name of that program. So we are no longer going to be calling it our certificate program. We are going to call it from hence forward. That program shall be called our graduate diploma program. Um, now, let me explain why uh, we're making this change um, for two reasons. One, again, 2016, when we launched our certificate program, this was our, like, it was the, we had our MA program and we had this, and that was kind of it. It was like all that we had, right? Um, and so we wanted to signify that it was, you know, this is not a degree program, right? It's just a certificate program. Um, but as we've added more programs, I, like, you know, we've now we have our PATH unit program and we have our clubs program and we're launching our space program now. And uh, I, I, was concerned that certificate was a little vague. Like people get like certificates can mean like the word, like I got a certificate, right? Can mean so many different things. Um, you know, it could mean, um, you know, you did a, a serious course of graduate study like this, or it could mean like I did a weekend seminar on something, you know, and got a, you know, I like watched a weekend seminar online while doing something else and got a certificate for it. I mean, it's really vague, right? I mean, the word certificate is used very, very broadly. Um, but, um, so, but graduate diploma, so th there are a couple, uh, two things that I wanted to really emphasize uh, here. Now, the, the phrase diploma 
or the word diploma is really only used in America about high school diplomas, I know. But actually, the idea of a graduate diploma program is, is, is quite a common one outside of America, especially in Europe and Australia. Um, and what they, the kind of program that they, so we're kind of looking around and we found that what they call a graduate diploma program is actually exactly what our program is. That is, it's usually like, um, you know, half of an MA which is precisely what our certificate program is. You you take you know you to take ten of our uh, courses plus the capstone for the MA. You take five of our courses uh, for our certificate program. So like yeah, it's a graduate dip diploma program. And the thing we wanted to emphasize. Um, so first, it, it's it's a little it, it gives the program a little bit clearer of an identity, right? It's not just ye old random certificate program, but it also really shows the seriousness of that program because our Certificate students who are now our diploma students, our diploma students, they're taking the same classes as our MA students. They're taking fewer of them, but they're taking the same class. You wouldn't know. They're all taking it for credit, right? All sitting in the same classroom, taking the same classes for credit. Um, you're doing serious graduate work, right? This is a graduate, it's a non-degree program, but it's a degree level program. It is a serious, like you're taking serious graduate courses. And we want that to be reflected uh, in the name to really show this is part of our graduate school. Let us let there be no mistakes about that, right? So, so we're not making very substantive changes to the program. We're just changing the name because we think that that will really help us to um, uh, to to make that clear. Now, yes, you can. Uh, in the past, uh, uh, Plixi on uh, uh, YouTube, you have been able to get a certificate, and then if you choose, like you know, when you get toward the end of the certificate program, some people do then choose to be like, actually, no, I do want to continue and do the master's degree. And yes, those classes are transferable directly to the MA program. That's what it means when I say that it's a degree level program. It doesn't culminate in a in an official degree, right? The graduate diploma is is not an official degree like the MA degree, right? Um, but it is degree level for exactly that reason. Um, and of course, some people who begin our MA program might say like, oh, I want to, I want maybe I'm going to, I'll shift to the graduate diploma program. I'm not sure I can, I can, you know, I have the time to complete the whole master's degree right now. So maybe I'll shift to the graduate diploma program. You can, you can go, but you have to, we have to talk with you about it, right? But you can, uh, uh, but you can do that. Um, so, and again, that's one of the things that we wanted. We wanted to make that more obvious uh, in the naming of it. And there's one other change that we're making to our graduate diploma program, which is really exciting, which is we're adding an optional, optional, it's not mandatory, capstone experience uh, for the diploma program. And one of the things that's especially exciting about this is that we're going to enable students to choose, if they choose to, to choose to do a creative capstone experience to this. This is a question we get a lot um, from people who are thinking about our master's or going or beginning our master's de degree program. They'll ask us things like, can I do a creative, you know, thesis, a creative capstone? And the answer has always been no, <laughs> it's, it, you can't. Uh, because I mean, we, there are requirements. Again, did I mention we're going through the accreditation process? Um, there are standards and expectations for what a master's degree thesis should be. And it, we, it's, that would not fit. Uh, that would not fit the nature of this program. Um, it, it really does need to be a scholarly research project of one kind or another. Um, and so we make that clear in our requirements for our MA capstone. So we've always had to say no 
to people who say, can I do it now? And we're still going to have to say no within the context of our MA program, but within our graduate diploma program, we now can say yes um, to uh, folks who want to do a creative project uh, as a culmination of that. And again, that's optional. People don't have to do the capstone if they don't want to. Um, but um, uh, but there's going to be an opportunity for that, which I think is pretty exciting. So again, other than that, you know, you can still, you can choose to specialize in one of our concentrations. So you can get a graduate diploma with a concentration in Tolkien studies, if you like, or you could, you know, just get a general graduate diploma in language and literature, if you like. So, um, so again, the program itself hasn't changed that much, but I, I, I believe that this will be a really good step forward in the, in the identity uh, of this program. And I think it, it clarifies things, um, a, uh, 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 a great deal. So, okay. That's what's been going on in our graduate school, which is really fun. Um, our undergraduate program, you'll remember last year uh, in our State of the University Address, I talked a lot uh, about our plan for our undergraduate program, the Signum College Applied Humanities Program. I am every bit as excited about our undergraduate program as I was last year. Um, what I can say on this is more soon. Um, I, the reason we have not moved faster on this, the reason you have not heard much about this since last year uh, is, has to do, did I mention we're in the middle of the accreditation process? That's what it's about, really. Um, because our undergraduate program is going to be under the umbrella of our institutional accreditation when and if we are granted institutional accreditation, uh, we've got a, there are, processes <laughs> that have to be gone through. Uh, and again, I also mentioned before that the time frame on this is not exactly um, in our hands. So um, that has been a little bit more delayed than I would theoretically want it to be. Um, if it were just me, I would be much swifter uh, in uh, pushing this forward. But... Um, uh, but, uh, that's, that's the way it is. And we are content. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to make sure that you now you can expect to hear some more things about this, uh, during the course of this year. Um, we won't be starting it up right away this year. Um, but, uh, but you should be hearing some more about this as we move through the, uh, uh, the course of the year. Um, so, Okay. Next, Mythgard Institute. So the Mythgard Institute is also going to be expanding soon. Um, we are going to be beginning our Mythgard Miscellany program before too long. Now, that was something that has been in the works for a while. That's also been delayed for a different reason, um, but actually a happy reason. Um, and the happy reason is uh, uh, the, uh, the birth of the child of our Mythgard Institute director, uh, which has, uh, uh, for which we've kind of paused things uh, because both our director uh, and her baby are awesome. Um, and uh, we have been enjoying them and enjoying them, enjoying their time together. But soon uh, we are going to be returning. So you will hear more about Mythgard Miscellany and some new Mythgard programs, which are going to be uh, expanding out to other fandoms. Myth Mythgard Institute has been mostly my broadcasts to this point, and so therefore has been mostly <clears throat> Tolkien-centered. 
That's kind of the way it is, right? Um, but that will not always be true or will not uh, exclusively be true uh, anymore uh, moving forward soon. So that is a thing that is coming. Signum Path. So our Signum Path program, for those of you who don't know, our Signum Path program is a professional development program. Um, it is a humanities-based program that is designed to train people in what are often called soft skills, uh, what I think of as as just people skills or, or, or even as foundational skills, um, uh, written communication, verbal communication, person-to-person uh, -person skills, uh, things that will just make anyone uh, a, a better candidate for jobs. You know, the humanities are immensely practical. Um, this is a thing I could, many of you know that I could kind of rant about this quite a bit. I'm going to try to restrain myself from ranting. Uh, but of course, people tend to think about the humanities as if they're, you know, they're impractical, right? It's like, oh, it's, you know, maybe fun to think about, but, you know, it doesn't have anything to do with getting jobs or, you know, like, what are you going to do with an English major after all? But of course, the uh, the main point, sort of the real point uh, about um, uh, about the humanities is that the kinds of skills that they develop are applicable everywhere. Um, it's true. There are a few of them which uniquely, you know, make you able to apply for a particular kind of job that you couldn't have applied for before. But the point is that they make you more likely to succeed in whatever job you have. Uh, and especially as you are trying to not just get a job and keep a job, but develop a career. Um, so that's the sort of the spirit of our PATH program. Uh, and uh, our classes have been great. We've had wonderful feedback from the students that we've had so far. Um, and we have uh, um, an exciting announcement. We've established a new partnership, uh, the opportunity for which just kind of recently unfolded and I've been really excited about. We have a, a wonderful member of our Signum community uh, who is a um, uh, who works as an administrator, um, has worked as an administrator for several tribal colleges uh, in uh, northern Minnesota. <clears throat> Sorry, several Native American tribal colleges. Uh, and, uh, you know, he reached out and was talking about, uh, the, the need for the, 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 you know, the, the Native American nation that he's connected with right now, that he's working with right now. Um, they were really feeling the need for this kind of development. They wanted to see, especially their young people and their current employees, uh, you know, there on site in their reservation, um, uh, to be being able to develop uh, these kinds of professional skills. They really saw the value of this kind of training and were looking for a way that they could, uh, uh, you know, help to improve, um, you know, to provide people with the opportunity uh, to improve these skills. Um, so we are delighted to partner with Red Lake Nation in Minnesota, uh, and we're going to be offering some PATH classes uh, uh, to some of their college students uh, uh, in the new year. Um, and I am just, uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. We're, we're, we're looking forward. Uh, it's, uh, one of the really cool things, uh, in the next few months, uh, we at Signum are looking forward to learning more of their languages, traditions, cultures, and stuff. And, uh, you know, and, and then from there launching, uh, their, uh, courses with our undergrads next year. Um, I'm hopeful by the way, to get more chances to learn from them. I will, um, 
I will whisper that I'm planning to invite uh, some of their teachers to offer some space modules on their language, mythology, and traditions, which I think will be really, really fun to learn. Um, so, uh, so, you know, keep your eye out for that. I hope that that works out. But anyway, this is just, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for PATH. And it's like, for me, it's just like the best kind of opportunity, right? Um, that like on the one hand, yeah, it's going to be awesome for our program and helping to establish our program. But more importantly, it's a great chance for us to do some good in the lives of some really deserving people. And I think it's going to be a really fruitful partnership uh, that I am uh, very, very excited about. So that's the big thing uh, that is happening in uh, uh, in Signum Path world uh, this past year. Quite recently, actually, that has emerged. Signum Academy Clubs. Well, an update is that Signum Academy Clubs exists. Right? As I said last year, this time it didn't even we hadn't even thought of it yet. Um, and since last year, we not only thought of it, but we put it into place. And we not only put it into place. Now, what is it? I should make sure to specify in case you don't know. Of course, our Signum Academy Clubs program is our extracurricular uh, club program for K through twelve kids. Well, grade three to twelve. Kids, maybe some year we will get frisky enough to expand that program to kindergartners, first graders, and second graders. But we're 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 growing into that right now. For now, we're starting at third grade um, and going up through high school. Uh, and we're offering book clubs, creative writing clubs, and two different kinds of language clubs, conversation clubs uh, in modern languages and translation clubs for historical languages. Um, and uh, those have been really great. Um, the very first thing that we did with our clubs program was apply for approval to the state of New Hampshire, um, totally different body uh, in the state of New Hampshire that uh, we were applying to. Um, this was the State Board of Education, which, of course, oversees K-12 education in the state, um, whereas, as opposed to the master's degree program, which had to be approved by the Higher Education Commission of the state of New Hampshire, uh, not to mention the legislature, which was a ball. But anyway, um, the Learn Everywhere program in the state of New Hampshire is an innovative program, actually the first of its kind in the country that I know of. Um, and it was just implemented uh, for the first time uh, in the fall last year. Uh, and in fact, Signum University was the second program, uh, the first humanities program um, uh in history to be approved within the Learn Everywhere program. Uh, we did that process last fall and into January. Uh, and the Learn Everywhere program is very simple. What it does is it takes, it, it basically enables students to earn achievement certificates basically from um, from our program and they can take those program because we've been approved by the Board of Education they can take those certificates to their schools and they can redeem those for graduation credit uh, from their schools uh, so the schools will they are in fact by law obligated uh, to give the students, Credit, so um, you can uh, get elective credit in English and uh, in you know for for English lit for uh, for creative writing for languages. So instead of doing uh, languages, so like maybe for instance, um, you want to study a language that isn't offered at your school. Like maybe for some reason, and I don't know why this would be, but maybe for some reason your local public high school doesn't offer Old Norse as a language option for students, right? I mean, like, I know, 
kind of strange and backward, right? But I've heard that some public schools in the state of New Hampshire don't offer Old Norse to their students. Um, but you want to take Old Norse because you're like, Old Norse, right? Talk like a Viking. Yeah, naturally we want to learn that. So you can take Old Norse through Translation Club uh, with uh, Signum Academy. And then you can uh, take those certificates to your school and you, you can, that, that, that counts as your foreign language requirement. Um, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. So uh, that was, that was, so we were approved there in the state of New Hampshire. By the way, the, the Learn Every program has been really successful in New Hampshire and there are many other states that have been copying it. Um, for instance, the legislation has been, uh, has been passed into law in uh, West Virginia and Mississippi and I, I believe North Dakota as well. This is all kind of unfolding. Um, uh, and so we're, we're going to be seeking approval in those states as well so we can have the same setup uh, in those other states uh, also. Anyway, so uh, we as we were very early adopters of the Learn Everywhere program. We were some of the very first programs, uh, one, one of the two very first programs uh, who were approved um, by the state. And so actually over the course of this past year, we ended up advising a bunch of other uh, programs uh, who were uh, kind of discovering about the Learn Everywhere program and uh, helping. We, we've uh, helped a number of other programs uh, get accepted. So, Simon, yes, this is uh, right now, this is just in the state of New Hampshire. Um, but as I say, it is being adopted by some other um, um, uh, by some other uh, states around. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of spreading. Talk to your legislators. Uh, Learn Everywhere is awesome. Um, but anyway, so that's been a really, really fun thing. But here's one of the other things, one of the other opportunities that it has created. And that is the opportunity for us to actually partner with schools um, because there's a lot of schools. And as you know, you, you know, I'm sure many of you know of um, you know, small private schools or charter schools or things where it's it can be a real struggle um, finding enough teachers, especially for languages, right? With, which, I mean, it can be really hard um, to bring in language teachers, uh, multiple language, especially if you have a smallish student population, right? To bring in language teachers, you might not really have full-time work for a language teacher. So it's like, hi, can you teach uh, French quarter time or something like that? Not necessarily attractive to a lot of people. Um, and it has to be from within their geographic area because they've got to get to the school, right? So, um, so what we did this year uh, was we approached schools and said, hey, um, why don't you work with us? Because not only can we make these languages available to you more, more, more readily, but we could greatly expand the opportunities that you have. Um, so even a little small school would be able to offer, you know, not just um, Spanish and French and Latin or something like that, but they would also be able to offer things like German and Japanese and Mandarin and all kinds of other things, right? There are lots of languages that we can do, not to mention Old Norse, Old English, uh, and other awesome languages like that. Greek, Hebrew, right? We could do all those languages. Um, so uh, we have begun uh, reaching out to to schools. Now, again, we're brand, our program is brand new, you know, so we're sort of still trying to establish those relationships. But we did, in fact, establish a partnership for this academic year um, with Mount Royal Academy in Sunapee, New Hampshire. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful little small Catholic school. 
in Sunapee, New Hampshire, and they were in a bind. They just like they lost their uh, their Spanish teacher um, and they could not find options, as is often the case with small schools living in, you know, not a metropolitan part of the world. Um, and like, can you find somebody in the local community who can, you know, teach your Spanish? That's not always easy. Right. Um, and again, I'm, you know, many of you who have been involved with this kind of school in one capacity or other know the kind of struggles there can be here. Um, so basically, we partnered with them and we are running their Spanish program this year. Um, and it is, uh, uh, you will hear from Pilar Barrera later on in the day. She's going to be teaching one of our space capsules on fairy tales uh, this evening, early this evening. Um, and she's actually our head teacher in the Mount Royal Academy program teaching Spanish there. Um, and she actually lives in Brazil. Uh, so instead of having to just like restrict their job search to, you know, Spanish teachers who happen to live in Sunapee, New Hampshire, in the throbbing metropolis of Sunapee, New Hampshire, um, uh, instead we were able to uh, bring in a teacher from Brazil who is currently from Brazil teaching their Spanish classes at Mount Royal Academy. And it has been phenomenal. Uh, the students have been responding really well. Our teachers have been doing a wonderful job. Um, and uh, that's been going really, really well. So this is the first of, I hope, many similar kinds of partnerships uh, that we will be able to establish with schools to do not only languages, but hopefully other like elective literature options and creative writing and thing. Again, often not the staffing to do that. So we're really hoping to expand that and also to do similar work with homeschool groups as well. Again, I know homeschool co-ops often, it's not always easy <clears throat> to find this kind of instruction uh, for homeschoolers as well. And this is something that Signum Academy clubs would be really, really well positioned to do. Um, uh, so anyway, that's uh, uh, that's been a really fun thing that has been developing uh, this past year. In addition to like the fact that all of Signum Academy clubs has uh, been uh, developing. Um, now, in the midst of all this activity, we've also developed this brand new program that uh, we're going to be launching today, the space program. Now, you might be thinking, really? Another Signum program? I mean, that's like three, pro three new programs in the last two years, right? And... Uh, and I understand. I understand if maybe you're thinking that, right? If maybe you're thinking, okay, um, they used to have this MA program, right? And then, and, and, you know, they had the MA program and the Mythgard stuff going on. And then, you know, uh, Olson went insane, right? And now they have all of these programs that are just like popping up all over the place. Um, and uh, so... I, and, and I get that. I understand how it can kind of look like that. And I sort of suspect that many people look at our programs kind of like this, right? It's so like this, this, uh, uh, you know, so what I'm showing here is a row of boxes, um, identical sized boxes, um, which um, just sort of list our programs, the MA program, our PATH program, clubs, the undergrad program to come, uh, and our Mythgard Institute programs. And now we're just going to add another box to this row, right? Called space. Um and it might seem like, okay, like, do we, do we really, you know, like, you know, it's just like this kind of marching series of programs, this like, uh, like a mere proliferation. Um, you know, I've had people say like, shouldn't you maybe focus on 
like doing one thing really well instead of just like doing bunches and bunches of programs. Um, what's um, what's going on here? Oh, and anyway, here's another thing I've gotten. Um, aren't you guys supposed to be a university, right? Like higher education? Why are you doing all this other stuff, right? Kids programs, and now you're getting into adult education, you know, adult uh, continuing education, like why not focus, if you're a university, why not focus on university stuff, right? Um, and I get that. I, I, I get it. I understand. But there are two things, two things that I would say to this. The first thing I would say is, yes, we are a university. We are a university and we aim to change the world of higher education, right? We are setting out to break the mold of traditional higher education. Our graduate program is already showing the way there. Right, demonstrating that our new model of affordable, highly engaged online education works. Right, it works. It's viable, and it's sustainable. It's been going for ten years, and it's been growing, and it's been excellent, and we've had excellent results. Right. So, um, and of course, our undergraduate program. Oh man, we have big plans. Right, for our undergraduate program, big plans to change not just the tuition model. Right. I mean, for us, that's like a given. Right, that we're going to change the tuition model and we're going to bring everything way down from the way from traditional undergraduate tuition levels. But we're not just going to do that. We're changing the very parameters and approaches to undergraduate degree programs. Right, right now, undergraduate degree programs are, you know, locked in this narrow path. Right, uh, like the four-year degree program, ye old bachelor's degree, um, and. I do not believe that ye old bachelor's degree is the way that things are going to need to be in the future. I don't think that that puts people in the best opportunity, gives people the best opportunity to succeed personally. Um, so I don't think it's the best thing for our students. Uh, and I don't think that it is, uh, and I certainly don't think that it fulfills the potential of what an undergraduate program can offer to people. Now, we are going to offer a bachelor's degree. That's going to happen. But we're going to but it's going to be so much more than just that. So like I said, we are absolutely looking to change the paradigm. We have changed the paradigm. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting to watch over the next three to five years um, what we do with our higher education programs at Signum University. So, yeah, yeah, we're a university. Yeah, we're doing the higher education thing. But that's not the only way in which we aim to change the educational world. Our educational model is oriented on a completely different access. Axis, not access. Axis. Um, let me let me explain what I mean. Let, let me let me show you what I mean here. Here's uh, a little visualization of how traditional higher education works. Traditional higher education works in a horizontal model, right? So on my little graph here, across the x-axis, along the bottom, we've got different subjects, right? And on the y-axis is the age of students, sort of age groups of students, okay? Now, of course, obviously there are outliers and exceptions. That's always true, right? But this is kind of the, the broad stroke, right, of what universities focus on. And generally, higher education does two things, right? A university does two things. They do undergraduate education and they do graduate education. So the dark... Uh, but thinner bar here um, is uh, the undergraduate education, right? And, and it's thin because, remember, the y-axis, the vertical axis is age. So generally, it's catering 
to traditional aged undergrads. And again, I know there are exceptions, non-traditional undergrads and all that kind of thing. But, um, but again, in general, the standard traditional higher education template is established for those 18 to 22 year olds uh, who are doing undergraduate. Now, graduate programs serve students in a broader age range, right? People are doing graduate programs, um, you know, often in the decade or two following undergrad, uh, undergraduate at various different points and stages. But that's also a much, much lower population, right? So it's a broader band, but it's, um, it's fuzzier, right? Uh, it serves a much lesser population. Now, of course, they do this, they focus on doing this broadly, horizontally, right? Across lots and lots of dif disciplines. So you go to your traditional, you know, big box university on campus and you'll get, you know, you do all the, you know, you've got the tons and tons of programs, right? In sciences, in maths, in social sciences. By professional careers, I mean things like law and business and not to mention all of the like professional sort of certifications and things that you can get. You know, you can major in um, all kinds of very career specific things, right? That aren't really traditional academic disciplines at all. Um, so anyway, you can do all those things, just this huge array of programs, but it's all focused at these, at this, you know, this relatively th either thin band or kind of diffuse band, right, of graduate and undergraduate programs. And again, I don't mean any criticism on this. This is great stuff, right? Great stuff that they do. But the thing that I want to point out here, um, the thing that I want to point out here is the emptiness at the bottom and at the top. Traditional higher education does very little for people under the age of 18, and it does very little for people over the age of, what, 35 to 40, something like that. Um, uh, that's just, that's not where the focus of traditional higher education is. So it's, it's, it's horizontal, it's broad, but it's not thick in that way. Signum University's approach is fundamentally different. In fact, it's 90 degrees rotated from this. Signum University is has a vertical model, not a horizontal model. Now, we don't have the breadth. We are focused on a niche. Now, our niche has expanded, has grown a little bit organically over time. When we started, our niche was Tolkien studies, right? Which is a pretty specific niche, right? A very, very, like, the focus on the study of one single author within literary studies, that's a very, very narrow niche for an entire university, right? But we expanded from Tolkien, again, it was an organic expansion as student interest grew and, and you know, demand for courses developed. Um, we expanded from just Tolkien studies to imaginative lit, that is fantasy and science fiction, uh, to uh, classical, medieval, and Renaissance literature. And of course, also to Germanic philology, um, which a lot of people are like, that seems kind of random. And I'm like, you're not a Tolkien fan, are you? If you were a Tolkien fan, uh, the uh, the propinquity of Germanic philology uh, to Tolkien studies would make perfect sense to you. Um, but anyway, um, uh, so uh, that's so it's grown in that way. And now, as I was explaining last year, we're ex we want to expand out even more, especially through the launching of our undergraduate program, when that happens in the fullness of time, um, to a broader uh, 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 study of the humanities as a whole. Um, that seems like a, a really big step. But again, when we look at this 
it's still very narrow compared to the scope of most universities, right? We're, we're not doing sciences. We're not doing maths. We're not doing social sciences. We're not, you know, teaching you, uh, you know, how to like install HVAC equipment or whatever. Like we're not doing any of that stuff, right? Um, or, you know, how to become an engineer. Um, that's not what we do at Signum University. The humanities is what we do. So we're very narrow, but we are extremely vertical, right? Within that niche, we want to occupy that niche vertically. And so, as you can see, the expanding of our programs has been to basically to, to do all that we can to enrich everybody, right? To, to, to stretch that band vertically. Our MA program and our MythGuard programs have had a pretty broad appeal, right? I mean, we start with our MA program after graduation. So you have to, you have to do have to have your bachelor's degree in order to start the MA program. Right. But we've had MA students. Um, uh, there hasn't been any upward limit. Uh, let me just say, uh, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to name numbers and, uh, embarrass anybody. Um, but we have had, uh, students of very disparate ages in our MA program. And of course, lots of people participating in MythGuard, even down to, to high school and below that has not been restricted, of course, just to the postgraduate world. Um, and we've been kind of digging deeper there too, right? We started our clubs program, as I said, so we're, 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 we, we have a more focused program now uh, for the under 18 demographic. We have our PATH program, which is really sort of focused on, because that is really focused on developing, um, you know, career-oriented skills. And so it tends to be focused on, you know, people like, you know, from like late high school age, getting ready to, you know, go off into college or, to, or into the job market onto people who are looking to advance themselves in their career, you know, through the, you know, like, you know, first half or, you know, two thirds or whatever of your uh, of your career trajectory. So there's and then, of course, our undergraduate program, we're going to, you know, that's a sort of an outer bracket that we're going to be building. So all of this stuff um, is kind of what we've been doing to sort of develop that vertically. So when people ask me things like, aren't you supposed to be a university? Why are you doing all this other programs? My answer is, yeah, of course we're a university and we're just we're just doing it differently. Right. Instead of spreading horizontally, we're spreading vertically. And. I'm happy with that. Our niche has been an awesome niche. I love our niche and I'm sticking with it. Um, you know, we're not, we have no plans to expand any of these programs, um, you know, MythGuard or MA program, undergrad path clubs into these other kinds of, you know, these other kinds of disciplines and trainings uh, at this point. Um, but I think it's very much a part of our educational mission uh, to occupy this niche as fully as we can and to give as many people as possible opportunities uh, to learn. Now, I have um, uh, I have thought for a while like this. It looks like we've got this covered pretty well. Right. You can see there's even like overlaps and everything. You know, we've got um, uh I mostly, right? That vertical niche sort of covered, it seems, right? And and for a while I, I, I thought this too. Right? I thought that like, okay, you know, I was I was content for a bit. Um so I returned to the question. So uh wait wait a second. Um 
when are you going to get around, you might be thinking, to explaining why we need another program exactly, right? Um, well, okay, I can explain. Um, because it's not just yet another box in a row of boxes, right? That's not how our programs work at all. Um, I wanted to start the space program because I, um, I came to a realization recently that there's a need in our community that we could fill that we're not filling. Let me, let me, let me show you. Cause again, it's not these separate boxes here. here, here here's how it really works. Okay. Here's Signum's box of programs, right? Or really another way to think about this box is that this box is like the educational needs um, or desires, right, uh, of our community, right? This is like all of the folks that we're connected to and what their educational needs are, right? Okay, so the first thing that we did is start our MA program. So how much of this box does our MA program fill in? Not much. Right. Um, you know, I got my tiny little MA program box in the top corner. Now, keep in mind, obviously, our MA program is awesome. The point is, as awesome as our MA program is, it's not for everybody. Right. I mean, not everybody needs or wants a master's degree in language and literature. I know to some people that might sound like a crazy thing to say, but I mean, it's true, right? That's like master's study. Like this is this is a serious graduate program um, and the courses are pretty intense. You're going to work really hard in our master's degree program. It's a graduate program for crying out loud. And that doesn't meet everybody's needs, right? So that you, when you take the total number of people in our larger community who are <clears throat> actively engaged in our MA program, I think that my little square in the top right corner here of our big box is actually out of scale. It's too large. It's actually a far smaller percentage of our total community who is actively engaged in our MA program. Um, so that's where we started. But we've been adding programs, right? We added the PATH program. And so the PATH program is a little bit bigger. It's, it's, it's a little bit broad. It's reaching a broader audience, right? It's filling a broader niche. Um, it's still kind of focused though, right? It's, again, it's just that kind of professional development course. So it's not, uh, it's not meeting the educational needs of everybody, but it's, it's, it's a little broader in its application than the MA program. We have Signum Clubs, which is broader yet because it serves a whole swath of people. And, you know, uh, in addition to the, pro to the clubs we have, we, you know, have the ability to add some more clubs there and maybe kind of expand things there. So, you know, we can say maybe clubs is a little bit bigger, but, you know, it's serving, uh, doing a pretty good service to, a significant chunk that, you know, ages eight to 18 uh, chunk, but still it's not exactly filling in the whole box, right? Now our undergraduate program, when it comes, is going to do more, right? That's going to be the, the, the sort of broadest program that will have the, the greatest ability to, uh, to kind of meet people's educational needs and desires. Um, and it's going to overlap with PATH and it's going to be kind of surrounding and supporting the MA program, uh, you know, our graduate school. So that's getting there. So, you know, all right, you'll notice we, we've only got a little bit of blacks. Well, a little bit, you know, maybe like a little more than half filled in, right? But we still got these big empty spaces. But, but wait a second, what about Mythgard, right? Mythgard, uh, you know, discussions and stuff are open to everybody. Right. So that, well, it doesn't cover everything. Right. Because Mythgard, I, I get this all the time. People are always like, Hey, you should do more, 
you know, science fiction or this or that or whatever it is, whatever other people want to do that I am not currently doing and don't have time to do. Um, and, you know, so it, it doesn't quite fill in the whole thing. There's a black border around it, but but it's open to everybody. Right. And we get lots and lots of uh, um, we get lots and lots of uh, uh, folks who are able to participate in our Mythgard programs. And so, you know, maybe with Mythgard Miscellany, right, as we, we, we kind of expand that box out and cover some more things, maybe we'll fill it all in and everything's going to be fine. Right. And, and we're, 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 we're meeting everybody's potential needs. Right. Um, so. Maybe. Right. And again, this is this is the angle from which I looked at Signum's programs for for a while. Right. And I was like, OK, right. We, you know, now that we have path and clubs going on and we've got our plans for the undergrad program in place and we have Mythgard running, we're, we're meeting the needs of our community. Right. Um, so wait, why do we need the space program <laughs> again? Have I answered the question yet? No, not really. Um, here is the insight that I recently had. Here's the thing, because I, I was bothered, right? I was still bothered. I'm like, on the one hand, I feel like on paper, you know, we're, we're doing a good job of, you know, covering the needs of our community. And yet I could tell there was, there, there was, there was still more, right? There was still more. Um, and I realized finally what the problem was. The problem was, as Mr. Spock would have told me all along, I was showing signs of two-dimensional thinking. Because this is what these programs actually look like. If you take our programs and you turn them to the side, um, you can see there's a lot of empty space in there, right? Um, and in particular, you'll notice that our Mythgard, our large-seeming, largest of all of them boxes, the Mythgard programs, um, are actually quite thin, right? They are open to everybody. But there's a lot of ways in which they are not really satisfying people's educational needs. Um, they are, for one thing, like there's, it's not only just a coverage question, right? Even when we cover more of Mythgard stuff, that is more different, you know, different fandoms and more fantasy and science fiction things, it's still just fantasy and science fiction things. There's much more stuff. There's a whole, that's like, one pretty narrow plane, right, uh, in a large, large world of things for people to want to learn. But even more than that, it's also about method as well. Um, my weekly broadcasts, right, um, people want to be involved more. People want to talk, right? Those of you who are in my uh, Exploring the Lord of the Rings uh, classes on Tuesday nights know that I'm trying to like follow along questions and you guys are all wanting to like discuss, right? Uh, and argue with each other and stuff like that. You want to be part of an, you know, a more um, full contact, immersive educational experience. And I, and I know that and I get that. That's why I founded Signum originally um, was that I wanted to provide more opportunities for that. So there is... Um, so much that we are not, there's all of this empty space. And so in fact, like when I looked at it from this new perspective, what I saw was what seemed to be almost complete coverage, right? Of our niche, almost complete coverage of our vertical uh, area there is actually, we're not even like filling half of the volume of this, right? What we need is a program 
that's going to fill in the whole cube, right? Not just around the edges of the box seen from a narrow two-dimensional perspective. So that is what the space program is. That's what we are launching here today. Uh, that program, which is going to fill in the cube and provide opportunities for all other educational, I say all other, maybe it's not all, maybe there'll be a fourth dimension that I will discover. Um, but but I'm really excited about this. Uh, the SPACE program, of course, SPACE is an acronym for Signum Portals for Adult Continuing Education. Um, and I'm going to now explain to you how the SPACE program is going to work. Um, so, first question, and that this is exactly why, so there, there are two reasons why my theme for the fundraising campaign this year was the final frontier. First, because whenever I say the word space, the first thing everybody says is the final frontier. <laughs> so I just figured I'd own it. But secondly, uh, because do you see what I mean about the final, why I feel like this is the final frontier? It's that filling in all of the gaps, right? Uh, uh, being able to have the opportunity to meet the needs uh, of everyone in our community, right? Which is really, really exciting. So um, the first question that you're going to be asking is what kind of classes are we offering in the space program? What is it? What's it like? So first, um, our space uh, program is going to be divided into modules. Um, we're going to do a set of modules. So every module is going to be a month long, right? So every month we will have a new set of modules in the space program. So this is uh, our classes, in other words, are going to be a long series of a very short classes. So it's not a big commitment. You're not committing yourself to, you know, a, a, a like three or four month semester. You're just, you, you can just do one month at a time. You can come and go at your own pace, right? Uh, now, during that month, when you're enrolled in a space module, you'll be, the general template is that you'll do two sessions per week for four weeks. Those are one hour sessions, right? So two one hour sessions a week for four weeks, eight total hours of class time. The classes are small group discussion classes. So you will have a preceptor, your professor, uh, and you will have uh, up to about 12 students uh, in the section with you. More than that, and we will uh, uh, we'll begin looking into launching a second session, section of it. Um, these are designed to be synchronous, because I know, I know that you can, it's not, you know, when I say we're filling in the gaps of learning, I know that people aren't sitting out there being like, there's no way I can learn anything right? I'm helpless to learn. Like, of course you're not helpless to learn. You can learn anything you want to learn on YouTube, right? You can, there's, there's, there's lots and lots of places where you can get access to information and learn stuff for free. Totally know that. Absolutely acknowledge that. Completely encourage that, right? But Signum University was founded on the basic premise that that kind of independent learning isn't for everybody, that there are many people who learn much, much better in a classroom environment with fellow students they can talk to and in that kind of community of accountability and with a teacher who is able to interact with them uh, and be able to have that kind of a dynamic educational classroom experience. There are a lot of people who just learn a lot better that way. Are you one of these people who have said, I really want to learn another language and you've tried, you know, Duolingo and you've tried, you know, many other kinds of online uh, language services and just haven't gotten anywhere, right? You know, just, it just hasn't really panned out, uh, for you. You, you haven't completed it, right? It, it, it hasn't worked. Um, 
Well, maybe space is for you, right? Space is going to provide you an opportunity, um, a, a real uh, supportive classroom environment for you to be able to pursue these things. Now, what kinds of things? Okay, so let me show you. These modules that I'm going to be describing, these are all modules that we're, we're launching in December. So the begin, December is going to be our first modules. These all modules are all going to be available for December. So this is not theoretical. These are actual modules that we have teachers waiting, ready to precept those modules this coming December, right? So what can you do? Well, maybe you want to start learning a language, as I just mentioned, right? So in December, we will have conversational French, conversational Spanish, introductory Latin 1, Old English 1, and introductory Egyptian hieroglyphics 1. Now, let me just clarify very quickly here. Conversational French and Spanish, those are designed to be immersive, conversation-based classes. So you're not going to have like a textbook you're slogging through. Um, it's going to be focused on comprehension and speech, right? So just developing your actual conversational ability in modern languages. And those are modules that we're going to be able to offer again and again. So if you take you know, a, you, you know, a module in conversational French in December, you could continue and take that same module again uh, in January and then again in February and continue practicing, right? Um, so, uh, uh, so there we go. So that's um, uh, conversational French and Spanish. Now, the, uh, the ones with the numbers, right? Introductory Latin 1, Old English 1, and Introductory Egyptian Hieroglyphics 1, those are all going to be serials, right? Because these are going to be, uh, you know, systematically training you in these historical languages, right? So there will be, those will be a series of modules. You'll follow up introductory Latin one with introductory Latin two, which will be offered in January and all that kind of thing. Um, and there will be other opportunities to start it again, or if you need to take a month off, you should be able to come back later, uh, to do some more. Uh, so that's, um, um, uh, that is how um, that's how those will work. So <clears throat> these are our first five modules. Well, no, these are just our beginning language modules. Because wait, there's more. We also have advanced languages. Maybe you've already trained in some of these languages, but you'd like to practice. You'd like to develop it more. Okay. You can also take... Uh, we have two modules in Latin readings, that is, doing readings of either Cicero's Pro Archia or Catullus's poetry in Latin, right? So that you can be polishing up and practicing your Latin through actual translation and reading original authors in Latin, or maybe with Old English, right? Maybe you've taken Old English before, right? And you've done some reading, you know, maybe you've done a little Beowulf translation in your past, right? Have some familiarity with, with Old English. Wouldn't it be great uh, to maintain your Old English to, or even brush it up a little bit? So we have two different Old English readings modules here. Uh, one to read some Old English poetry, which will focus on Judith and Exodus, uh, two Bible poems, um, or you can uh, do, be working on a translation of the Old English Boethius, uh, Boethius' Consolation of Philosophy. Um, we also have two, um, uh, we also have two Middle English modules, <clears throat> one on Chaucer, so uh, we'll have one module on the Canterbury Tales, and then another on readings in Middle English before Chaucer, uh, where in particular, uh, what they'll be reading this December is Havelock the Dane. Um, so you can be exploring Middle English, especially the Middle English that came prior to Chaucer. 
Um, really, really fun. Now, by the way, one thing I would add here, um, Canterbury Tales 1, this is not going to be a series in the same way that like Latin and Old English uh, and Egyptian hieroglyphics are going to be, right? Like You really have to have taken the first module before the second module is going to make much sense. This is going to be Canterbury Tales 1 and there's going to be Canterbury Tales 2 in the sense that it's going to be a different module covering a different thing they're going to I think he's going to focus on the on uh, the Miller's tale uh in this uh in this module in December. But you don't have to take those in order if you don't want to. Right? You can, but you don't have to. Uh you can kind of take whatever you want to do. Now, again just to clarify uh, people are, uh Cecilia is asking about conversational Spanish too. Uh, there is no two. Uh it's just conversational Spanish again. Um, because in conversation in our conversational language modules, um people uh, like different experience levels can all work together. Like the point is just to be developing everybody's uh, speech and, and there's, uh, you know, it's, it's a good way to practice your comprehension and your, uh, and your, uh, your speech to be helping somebody who's further, who more of a beginner than you. Uh, right. And anyway, so like everyone will be kind of working together in those. So there's not, there's no sequence there. You just repeat the same module, uh, and, um, uh, and, you know, do it as many times as you like to continue developing your conversational skills. Um, so those are advanced language modules. Oh, oh, but wait, there's more. How about fantasy literature? Would you want to do some, uh, some fantasy modules? Yeah, we have that too, right? We have a module on the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Discuss the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Uh, we have uh, a wonderful module called Are You Tolkien to Me? Uh, that is uh, a module which is going to look at Tolkien's relevance to the modern world, all of the ways and like, you know, how is it that Tolkien, you know, because I mean, honestly, Tolkien stuff was written a long time ago and in what looks increasingly like a very different world from our own. How is it? Why is it that Tolkien is still so relevant? to the modern, why so many people in the modern world find Tolkien still so relevant to them. That's what this module is going to be looking at. Some of the, the themes and ideas in Tolkien that connect it to our modern world. We're, we've got a module in the introduction to Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tales and a module in Oscar Wilde's fairy tales. Um, we have a module focusing on, on Tolkien's letters from Father Christmas for December, right? Which seems timely. Um, we're going to have a module on Miyazaki's anime uh, films. The Recovery of Innocence is the theme uh, of this module. Um, and a module called To Repair Arda, Tolkien's Dwarves Through Jewish Mysticism. Tolkien has talked about the connections between his dwarves and the Jews. Um, is there not, in, a lot of people just sort of focus, I've in the past focused merely on the linguistic connections, right? And some kinds of historical parallels, um, diaspora and such. Um, but what if there's actually something, uh, uh, a, a deeper connection uh, than that? Um, so that, that uh, module is going to explore that really interesting idea. Um, so, uh, oh, uh, but wait, there's more. Uh how about other humanities, like more broader humanities class? Oh yeah, we got more humanities modules here. Uh, we've got a module on English sonnet readings, right? We're going to do a, a preview of that one later on tonight. Um, so you can uh, dig into some Renaissance poetry. Uh, really, really fascinating period of poetry. I love the intricacy of sonnets uh, and seeing how that stuff works. We have two modules on the history of the symphony. If you want to learn more about music and music history, one module on the history of the symphony from the beginnings to Beethoven and another on the history of the symphony after Beethoven. Um, we've got 
uh, 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 one on how to read a poem. We've got Japanese children's literature, modern British poetry, British poetry of the 21st century. Uh, we've got plague literature, which is kind of topical, uh, and poetry as practical ecology, that is connection between poetry uh, and uh, and the land and, and, and preserving the world, um, environmentalism. So um, we've, we're offering those modules too. Oh, wait. But there's, there's, there's still even more. We also have practical and creative humanities modules. We have uh, three different creative writing options if you want to do a creative writing module. We have our creative writing workshop, which is sort of following the normal template. We also have a creative writing module, which, is, which focuses on developing a one-month story, like maybe you're, uh, you like to think in NaNoWriMo kind of ways, right? And you want to think about developing a story. How do you develop a story in one month. And we've got um, uh, an opportunity to do an intensive weekend creative writing. So that one is a different time template. Instead of meeting twice a week for four weeks, it'll do the entire module in one intensive weekend, really just kind of immersing yourself in uh, a creative writing exercise for a whole weekend. Right. Uh, under, and, uh, under the guidance of our own Sparrow Alden. Um, we have one on the history of the book arts, looking at alphabets and, uh, and, 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 and writing and how sort of the history of books. Uh, and we're going to be and also there's another one on electronic text markup with XML and TEI. Uh, so if you are interested in doing some digital humanities, you want to understand how do you go about um, taking a text and marking it up so that you can uh, run some, uh, uh, do some digital analysis of texts. If you've sort of seen that done and you've been kind of curious, like how do you, how do you do this? How could I do this myself? Um, but um, anyway, we're doing a module on that too. So that is, uh, that's all. That's all. All, every single one of those modules, 32, I believe it is, we are offering for the month of December, right? You can choose among all of those. Now, uh, you might be wondering a few things here. Um, first of all, you know how a lot of times when uh, salesmen are telling you about a new thing and they, they pump you up and they wait till the very, very end to spring the price on you. I'm going to not do that, right? Let's talk about the price. Uh, so first of all, um, the way that the payment is going to work, the way the tuition is going to work uh, for the space program is you're going to buy tokens. And each one token is basically redeemable for a class. So you're going to buy tokens in advance, right? So you buy, you buy one token, you buy three tokens, you buy six tokens, how many tokens you want to buy, right? And then you can use those anytime you want. You can redeem those. So one token equals one module and you can cash it in at any time. So this way it's like as flexible as we can possibly make it, right? Um, you've got your tokens and you just cash it in whenever. So you need to take a month off. What if, you don't have to tell anybody. It doesn't matter, right? You just uh, cash them in whenever you want to do that. And here are the rates. We have um, the, the price for one token is $150, um, but the price per token decreases steadily if you buy more. So if you buy six tokens, you're only paying $100 per. So it's 33% off uh, if you buy six of them. Um, so it's only $600 for six tokens. This means, by if you want to do a little comparison, by the way, um, so three tokens will get you three modules. Three modules equals 12 weeks of class. 12 weeks is the length of a Signum semester, right? So now 
our space modules are much less intense. You don't have to write papers and stuff like that. So there's not, it's not at all a one-to-one -one comparison between our, you know, a set of space modules and one of our MA courses. Um, but, um, but it's the length of one of our MA courses, right? So if you take space modules for 12 weeks, it's a total, you, you know, for three tokens, you can uh, get that for $390 compared to our $650, uh, which is our tuition price for our MA program. Again, you're getting much more and it's a much different situation, but you can kind of see how that compares there. Um, and I dare you, look it up. See how much it would cost you to take a course like this at another university uh, to um, uh, to get some of the kinds of things that we're uh, that we're doing here. Um, so okay, um, so that's the that's the the price scale. So first, you buy your tokens, and uh, you will see on our space. You can go to our webpage and peruse our webpage. Our webpage is signumuniversity.org/space. So you can easily find our website. Um, there are links for purchasing tokens in units of one, two, three, four, five, or six um, at the prices that you see here uh, on the screen, uh, 150, 280, 390, 480, 550, and 600 for one, two, three, four, five, or six tokens. Um, so first you buy your tokens and then you can sign up for your modules after that. Now, uh, let me talk for a second about what makes the space program different because these things are really fun, right? The first thing that makes space different from any traditional program is freedom. Space is like perfect and complete freedom. There is no expectation. Um, when you design a degree program, you're always imposing these top-down standards, right? No matter how flexible you want to be, you know, there have to be, of course, we as educators have been trained to say things like, what are the expected outcomes from this program? And uh, how can we clearly articulate the outcomes of those programs? Did I mention we're going through the accreditation process? Anyway, um, so these are the kinds of things that one always asks uh, with a degree program. With space, you can do anything you want. There is perfect freedom. We impose absolutely no, we don't even give guidance, right? Because it's not our business. You can take whatever you want to take at whatever rate you want to take it. Learn whatever you're interested in. Learn what you love has been a slogan of Signum University for since the first year, I believe, of our program. And never has it been more true than it is of the space program. Um, what this means is that we also want it to be extremely responsive. In other words, we, are, we have attempted to build a program that is going to be as student-driven as it is possible to be. In fact, what I've striven for here is to create a, a system which is going to make this program almost like an on-demand program. Now, it can't be totally on-demand, because remember, Synchronous classes, right? There are other human beings involved. So you can't just, it's not like Netflix, right? You can't just go in and start one of these modules at any time. Because again, you can get that kind of stuff anywhere else, right? What you can't get anywhere else and you can get here is, as I said, an actual supportive classroom experience. So there are other human beings involved. So there's some coordination that's going to need to happen and some flexibility that's going to be required of everybody. But as I say, my goal is to make it as close to on-demand as possible. That's why we have such a massive list of modules. This is a soft launch, right? Um, I expect that the number of modules we're going to be offering for January 
our second month, I would not be surprised a bit if it doubles the total amount of modules that are going to be offered for January, right? Um, so why are we doing it that way? Why do we have um, uh, why do we have all this, and how does it work? Okay, so let me explain. Here's how registration is going to work. Step one. Uh, the first stage, uh, which is happening two months before, so now in October, right, is going to be today is the official beginning. We are launching it um, of module selection, right? So first you select your module. So you're going to sign up for space, right? So you look at the modules list and you decide um, what's your top choice. Probably the best thing to do would be to go through and say, like, are there multiple ones that I'm interested in, right? Um, so you choose your, the module you definitely want to take, but you have in mind a couple backups, right? Other things that you might also want to take in case that one doesn't work out. Because here's the thing. We're only going to be able to run modules if we get at least four students in them, right? Because otherwise, we've got to, we're, we're going to pay our faculty, right? Uh, so otherwise, we're, and we, if we do like one-on-one -on -one tutorials, we're going to be taking a loss because our tuition's too low, right? So we need to have at least four students in a section in order to run it. So, we have all of our modules out there. We're just gonna, we're just, instead of being like, okay, we're gonna feed them to you in, in a row, we just, we just put it out there, right? We put all of them out there and we let you guys choose. So you're gonna be voting, basically, through your registration. Um, so uh, you will get um, the, the modules list, you'll make your selection in that first month. So in the month of October, people are gonna be selecting modules for December. Then stage two starts, right? Stage two is preparing for launch. So that's what's gonna happen in November. Right, in November, we're going to look at all of the selections right, that people have made, and we're going to see which modules are we going to be able to run in December. Right? So I, I, I'm sure, I'm not expecting all 32 of those modules actually to happen in December. They're all, <clears throat> excuse me, they're all available. We have preceptors standing by ready to teach any of them or all of them, but, um, but uh, I'm not expecting that that's actually going to occur. We'll see. <clears throat> we'll see what which ones people choose. And so all of the modules that we have enough people for and that we can do, we're gonna confirm them. So in, in November, we'll make an announcement and we'll say, okay, here's our confirmed modules lift. That's why we call the initial list candidate modules. These are the candidates, right? So the, the modules I just described, those are the candidates for December. Any of them, all of them viable, all of them ready to go, <clears throat> but not all of them probably are gonna run. So we, when in November we announce the announce the confirmed list, then we finalize registration, um, uh, and settle down into those confirmed modules list, and then of course December we begin the modules. So let me go through this again from the student perspective. So again, you're wanting to sign up, right? Um, that was the overview. Here's here's your perspective. Step one, you buy your tokens. That's the very first thing you do uh, because we're not we don't even have we're not even going to open the registration form to people who don't have tokens already because it's going to be too confusing. Um, we can't have people just being like, oh yeah, I kind of have a vague interest in taking this module. We have to make decisions on which ones we're going to promise to offer, right? So we're only going to be able to do that for people who have like signed up and bought their tokens. So you buy your tokens. After you buy your tokens, um, you're going to receive in by email. A selection form with all the modules in it, and it'll also have time of day, right? Um, it'll have three options for times of day for each of the modules. 
so that you can rank um, which ones, uh, how do you want to do them? Like, you know, which times fit best for you, right? And so then we're going to look at all this stuff. We're going we're gonna to look at the results of all the selection forms we receive from the people who have bought tokens, and we're going uh, to make decisions, right? We're going to make decisions about which modules we're going to confirm, and we'll be announcing that in November. So step three, we will notify you, right? We'll send you an email to say, okay, here are our confirmed modules that we're offering in December. Now, there's one of two possibilities for you, right? So you've signed up for one, right? And now we're sending you the confirmed module. So option number one, you, you, the module you signed up for is confirmed. Great, you're registered. You're good to go. You're all set, right? And you're planning on December, but maybe the module that you selected wasn't confirmed. Maybe there weren't just didn't happen to be enough people who wanted to take that module this month, right? And so we're not going to end up running the one you selected. So we'll let you know. We'll let you know and say, okay, sorry, we're not going to be able to run that module this month, but what do you want to do? Do you want to switch to another one? This is why you should think about backups earlier on. So then you'll, 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 you'll look at the confirmed list and say like, okay, can I do one of those? Because it'll also have the days and times. When, it, when the list is confirmed, it'll have the days and times. So you'll be able to say, okay, can I do one of these? If so, great. Let us know which one you want to change to, and we'll put you in that one. Or maybe you say you want to wait. You're like, oh, no, I'll see. Maybe, maybe it'll run next month, right? Maybe it'll run in January. So fine. Uh, you, can, uh, you, can, you can do that. Um, and then step four, when your module starts, your token is officially used, right? So we don't, we don't like... We just we kind of just keep track of your tokens. It's a a, a kind of uh, um, digital currency, right? So uh, when you purchase your tokens, we will keep track of how many tokens you have in your bank, right? Um, when you begin, when so like in December when your module begins, we will you know uh, sort of tick off one of your uh, uh, one of your tokens, but it, it won't happen until then. So if you you know, select a module and then it, you know, doesn't work. You don't have to worry about like getting a refund or anything like that. Um, all your tokens will still be good for whenever you want a way to do. We don't, uh, again, we don't count your token until the thing starts. And then of course it started. Here's a, a kind of a calendar view again, to sort of see how the three month cycle, uh, is going to be working. So again, we're doing, we're offering our candidate modules. Those 32 modules I described are our candidate modules for Oct for December. We're announcing them here in October. In November, we're going to confirm. Uh, we're going to come up with our confirmed module list. So you should, if you are interested in the in participating in a December module, you should go buy tokens. And then we will, like this coming week, we will be sending you a registration uh, form to be able to select uh, your modules so that in November we can choose our confirmed modules. And then, of course, they'll blast off there in December. And then, of course, in November, at the same time we announce the confirmed modules for December, we'll also announce the candidate modules for January, right? And so then in December, when the first modules begin, we'll be announcing the confirmed modules for January and we'll be announcing the candidates for February. So you see how this cycle um, is, um, is going to be working, right? Um, now, I would also emphasize um, space tokens, I think, will make really awesome Christmas presents. Um, it is very possible to gift a token. Um, all you have to remember, as I say, tokens are like totally digital currency. Uh, so all you have to do is buy a token and then just send us an email telling us to whom we should credit 
that token, right? So we'll need a name and email. We'll need their email so that we can reach out to them and send them a uh, send them a, a a thing, right? Send them a, a, a selection form so that they can choose their modules. Um, so just you just have to get in touch with us. Uh, give us the name and email of the person. Um, I would recommend that you tell them <laughs> uh, bec- so that they don't receive an email from us out of nowhere and think it's spam. Um, so just a suggestion. I, surprises are fun. Um, and, you know, we can kind of try to coordinate a surprise. But um, but anyway, you, you, you know, you'll want to you'll, you'll want to let people know. Um, but um, anyway, OK, so that is. Um, yeah, they totally fit in Stalking Sparrow. You're absolutely right. Um, you're absolutely right. So uh, that is how the space program is going to work. Kind of fun, right? I know the registration system is kind of complicated with the like two phases and stuff, but you see how we're, we've designed this in order to try to make, to make it as student-driven as possible. Again, we're not trying to channel you through a particular program. We just want to give you all the options, let you choose, and then do whichever modules students want to take. Right. Um, it's going to be all about meeting student desires. And by the way, on that selection form I'm going to be sending to people, um, we're also going to have a suggestions box for future modules that you want. Like, is there anything else you'd like us to offer? Let us know. And, uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll look that up. Okay. I've gone like ridiculously over time to probably nobody's surprise. Um, but, um, uh, let me uh, talk. So first, starting 15 to 20 minutes ago, it's uh, <laughs> Sparrow's creative writing session. Don't We're going to catch up is what's going to happen. You'll see. Um, but um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So um, this is um, uh, this is what's happening. So we're going to we're going to transition in just a couple minutes uh, to Sparrow's creative writing session. Um, then we're going to do anime, we're doing fairy tales, hieroglyphics, and English sonnets. All five of these space capsules that you're going to be able to see today are going to are previews of actual modules that we have on our candidate list for December. Um, okay, so um, very good. Quick questions that folks have. I've been trying to keep up with comments and questions as I've gone along, and I haven't seen anything kind of saved up. But if you have any quick questions, I can try to spend... I mean, I'm already late, so, you know, I might as well. <laughs> so get quick questions that I can help with uh, as I as I go. In for a penny, in for a pound, I agree. That's exactly it, yeah. As far as the lateness is concerned. Anything I can clarify or clear up? Um, Again, I recommend uh, you look at the um, uh, space website. You can see full descriptions of all of our modules. Um, uh, you can see, um, you know, it's got the tuition chart there. It's got the links to uh, purchase your tokens uh, to get, you know, stuff started up. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, good. So, Carrie, right now we don't have um, scholarship programs uh, for the space program. Um, yeah, that's a little harder uh, for space. Um, yeah, we don't have anything right now. Um, it is possible 
that we might build something like that in the future, but not at the moment. Not at the moment. Now, for all of Signum, we do have um, we do have our work study program within our master's degree and certificate program. Um, so, for our master's degree and certificate program, we do have um, the opportunity for folks to um, participate in our work study program, where you can uh, work as Signum staff in exchange for. Uh, courses basically in uh, in in place of tuition, uh, and we've had a, a number of students uh, do their whole MA program for either nothing or practically nothing. So the URL again for space, uh, Kira, is signumuniversity.org/space. That is what you can find and where you can find it. All right, um, Tomas is wondering how adult do you need to be. Not very, <laughs> not very. It's sort of for grown-ups, um, but um, but yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. No, um, Tomas, I will admit to you, you're talking about your daughter being interested uh, in uh, Kelly's anime class. Yeah, um, not gonna lie, I have some members of my household who are also going to be interested. I have no problems with this. Um, um, yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I'm thinking there are going to be some space modules on the wish lists of my own children as well, I suspect. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so that's, I, I don't, I don't see any problem with that. Again, this is not a degree program. You know, there aren't prerequisites for it. Um, I, It'd be a little, I'd be a little uncomfortable with like a seven-year-old, you know, uh, in these classes. But I, I do think that, uh, you know, um, mature teenagers will be, will, will do fine, I think, uh, in our, in our space modules. Um, okay. Um, and yes, but if you do have minors, we do need, we do, it's, it's important for them to be supervised by their, by their adults, uh, by, uh, by their adult supervisors. That's, that's an important thing. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. That, that's it. That's all. 